Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tribe Method Podcast, where we help gym owners, coaches, and trainers run better businesses and inspire healthier humans. My name is Evan Bardis. I'm your host and the head of marketing here at Tribe, a powerful gym management platform designed to help you build your fitness community. Now, let's get started. There are some things I want people to know about what's going on in the marketplace. And I'm not going to, this will not be about what other people are doing wrong. It will be about what they can do to help their business. There are just some things that are being said that are leading people to believe that they're failing when they're not. And I want them to know they're not. Okay, cool. So for those of us joining us, thank you so much. Uh, We're going to be recording this and sharing it. Uh, with the rest of the world on our social channels and the Enduring Coronavirus uh, Facebook group for gym owners and fitness studio owners. Uh, We encourage you to join that group. If you just type in Enduring Coronavirus, you will find it. Sean's part of the group and also the CEO and founder of Active Life RX. Uh, Sean, why don't you just walk us through like what is Active Life and, and you know, when did you start the business and just kind of bring us current to what you're doing present day? I'll give you the five minute tour of the full business. That's better. That's best. We started in 2016 helping individual athletes, gym members get out of pain without going to the doctor or miss the gym. And we did it from anywhere in the world. I had a chiropractic rehab clinic. We had 40 CrossFit Games athletes, including five CrossFit Games champions, reach out to us for help in that time from 2016 to 2018. Um, we found that we were able to help people from a distance just as well as we were able to help them in person. So we transitioned to doing that online. And after we had helped our 10,000th person, coaches started to take notice and they were like, hey, you got my member out of pain and they never left the gym. How did you do that? The physical therapist couldn't do it. The orthopedist couldn't do it. And we couldn't do it. How'd you do it from a distance? So we started teaching coaches how to do what we do. Then fast forward and we have multiple coaches start out earning the gym owner in the gym where they work. One coach in particular went from making $300 a month to making close to $8,000 a month in a span of about four months because there was so much latent demand in the gym for what we teach people to do. So once she started doing it, the gym owner was like, hey, What's going on here? How do we learn how to do this systematically? And so we started a gym owner course that we call the ProPath. And the ProPath is where we are building the healthcare clinics of the future using coaches as the healthcare providers of the future. And I want to be clear, we're not replacing hospitals. We're not replacing physical therapy. We're not replacing orthopedics. What we're replacing is people being told they have to work out around that. What we're replacing is people thinking they're just too old for this. What we're replacing is the intimidation of you're going to get hurt if you join that gym. There's no one serving that market of people in that way. So what we're doing is actually making physical therapy more valuable because if you need the physical therapist, it means that the coach who we've taught to execute doesn't have the scope to help you. You must go see physical therapy. And we've made the coaches more valuable because we're the only company increasing coach value through added skill sets and then facilitating the growth of that 
by helping the gym maximize the coach's capacity to grow the gym. So coaches are making more money. Gyms are making more money. Members are happier because they don't have to walk around with knee braces on anymore. They're not avoiding going overhead. You know, it's the common, the common themes are twofold. Nobody gets hurt here, which isn't true. And we can modify for anything, which is true. The problem is, Evan, do you want to walk into a gym and be told, don't worry, we can modify for you? I mean, I am ego uh, free, so I, I don't mind modifying, but I, you have to check that. Hold on. It's not about, do you mind modifying? It's, would you rather just be able to do what's written? Yes, of course. That's the point. I, nobody, we, we don't need to go deep into the ego. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll modify all day long. I don't care. But I would rather not have to. I'd rather just mindlessly show up and do the thing. How many people tell their coaches or don't tell their coaches that they feel like a burden on them? Because every day, what am I going to modify? What am I going to modify? They don't like doing it. And nobody, nobody wants to be told right before they sign up, hey, don't worry. We know you suck, so we can make it easier for you. That's basically what's being said. So we're teaching gyms and coaches how to solve the problems that most gyms create. Right and because of that, right now, our gyms are up during coronavirus. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking about a lot of very relevant things nowadays, too, with, with how a lot of folks are shifting to a much more online method of communication and being intimately connected from coach and leveraging that asset for the overall business need. Um, well, and, and I think most people are going too far that way. Yeah. And so you know, let's talk about that. Go ahead. Well, so, so you said, let's talk about that. So gyms right now, I think are throwing out the baby with the bathwater. They forget that they're going to be able to open again. And they're doing things right now that are a unsustainable or B they, they, they don't, they don't translate. Meaning I've seen gyms who just said, look, I'm getting out of my lease and we're becoming an online business. That is sustainable. Except that when people are allowed to go back to gyms again, are their members going to want to come back? Right? Are they, are they going to want to join the gym where they can actually see people in person? Or are they going to be cool with this online version of fitness? I think gyms are going to find out they made big mistakes when they opt out of their lease like that. The other side of this thing is there's a lot of talk in the marketplace right now, especially from mentor companies that A is rooted in fear, which is keeping people scared. And B is making people feel as though they're failing. What I mean by that is I've seen mentorship groups who talk about they have 90% retention in their gyms. Their gyms are retaining 90% of their members. And then I talk to people from those groups because because they reach out and they're like, yeah, we are retaining 90%, but we have 40% on hold. Which if you're month to month, that's a member who canceled right. and is going to start paying again when you open. So for the people out there who are listening to this who don't have 90%, A, you should. So it's not an excuse. But I want you to know, stop looking at random statistics that people are putting out there as if they're telling the whole story. Yeah. And I think that's exactly correct, right? Like cancellations and holds, especially nowadays, are effectively the same thing. Mm -hmm. What it really is, is communicating is that revenue is gone. And so we did a small poll as an example in our Facebook group, both of our Facebook groups, 
and um, and we just pretty much asked who's been put, you know, of your member population, how what percentage has been put on hold or has canceled? Because to us, it is it's a, it's the exact same challenge we're trying to understand is how bad is is the financial ramifications right now? And it was super exciting and kind of um, you know fortifying and reassuring to some extent to see that it's a small sample size. It was something like 50 people in the group had, had responded, but the large majority had selected a zero to 10% um, level. And that, that means that there's not significant pro I mean, for this population, right? That is not a significant problem for them yet. Correct. And I think there's a large understanding that time increases that percentage. And all of a sudden the tranche of zero to 10% becomes 10 to 25% really quick. Um, we'll see on that. But I think the bigger, the bigger takeaway for me, at least, was the first knee-jerk reaction is panic. Then people start to put the pieces together of what's going on and what do I need to do? Oh, I need to get a Zoom up or I'm going to do Instagram Live or Facebook Live. Um, I'm going to record my workouts and try and get into a cadence on what I'm, when I'm sending them. But the bigger, uh, I guess, underlying fear as a result of all those actions is I'm going to lose my entire membership. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose my business. And I just, I love seeing that zero to 10% number come out because it shows like at least present day, the world isn't ending for a majority of gyms. For some folks, there's been tumultuousness for sure, but that number may gradually rise, but it's not, it's not plummeting down. Like, I don't know the stock market. So right? maybe, I mean, my question for you is you, you guys have backend information. You can yeah. see revenues. So yeah. the, the concern I have with a poll like that would be, of course, the 50 people who were willing to publicly. Are proud, answer. right? Right. So, so the question is, what about everybody who didn't answer? Yeah. Why didn't they answer? Is, is, there, is there something going on, right? Is there more drop off? I don't want people to feel like this is doomsday. This is not Sorry. doomsday. This is opportunity day if you understand what it is and you understand how to provide service. The reason our gyms that we work with are up, the reason that the coaches who we work with are now getting more business than they ever had before is because they understand the difference between mailing it in and providing a meaningful service to people. So, for example, when this whole thing started back in February, before it really started, we were talking about you need to be on Zoom classes. We posted it on Instagram. We had let our, our coaches and our gym owners that we work with know this is what we believe you need to do. Now, that was about three weeks before anyone was really talking about it. Then it hit. And that's when we told them it's time for you guys to pivot. Because everybody else is now going to be doing what you're doing, which means the supply of it is higher, which means the demand of it relative to the supply is lower. You need to elevate your service. And all of the gyms and coaches that we work with went from providing Zoom classes to providing Zoom classes and offering one of their upsells that normally would cost people additional money in the gym for free, whether it be program design monthly, nutrition coaching, accountability, virtual personal training sessions. Every gym that we work with is doing that for free for their members right now. When they come back to the gym, that's a service that people have to pay additional for. Mm -hmm. 
but and they know that there's been no like hey there's no bait and switch right no and then the other thing is we're asking our gym owners and our coaches to ask their clients if this lasted six months if this lasted six months is this something that you would want to continue doing no okay what is it that you would like to continue doing instead of waiting for them to call in the cancellation so they're getting out ahead of all of it and they're making the pivots that are necessary. And instead of everybody trying to become an online program designer, they're doing what is in their unique ability and coaches are supporting the coaches who were doing the heavy lifting. Does that make sense? Of course. And, and I will say like from the, the polling side of things, we do have the backend data macro level, right? To look at all of the nearly thousand gyms that we have and that we service and um and, and look at that that revenue drop off and how significant it is and it's not significant right now that's good it's, it's, it's yeah it's it because yeah just like a, a gym owner would be thinking you know even as a brand our platform we're partners with all these gyms we're we're constantly thinking about you know one there's going to be a 14-day strike delay so how, how the heck do we want to handle that and right off the bat it's okay either pass that risk to the gym owners or absorb it as as a company in other words, continue to allow gym owners to receive money in their normal uh, timeframes, what they're normally used to, um, or hold their funds for 14 days to make sure they're not refunding, putting people on hold and refunding thousands of dollars, but their bank can't cover it. Well, I think people also don't know the risk that you guys incur yeah. on that. So, and we're working to tell them, but what we decided was it was worth our risk mm. to protect the gyms to do that. Mm. And so instead of us passing it on to gyms, we decided to hold it ourselves. But, you know, what you're saying, and I think the bigger takeaway for us right now is what can we do to ensure that there's clarity uh, amongst not just what the platform can do for them and how they can leverage their community and what they should be doing, but also like what type of information are we allowed to share together and, and bring people together for? Well, so I don't know how much of those rules I have to follow. What I will do is tell gym owners who are listening to this, that the risk that tribe takes in doing that is if you get a chargeback, tribe gets charged a penalty on top of the chargeback. So if all of your members charge back, they could get charged your entire gym's worth of membership and credit card processing. Now multiply that by a thousand that's the risk that they're assuming by letting you guys keep the cash up front. Right. Big time, big time uh, uh, risk there. And it was one of those brand type calls where is, is this what we stand for and can we back it up? More importantly, can we back it up in times like this where, mm -hmm. it's, where it's almost more critical in those gyms that are on kind of the edge already or are struggling for one reason or another, this will put a lot of people away. I don't, think it's, it is doomsday and I don't think it's actually even close, but I do think, as you had mentioned, I think it's time to double down on your service offering, give people an option to almost give them this trial option where you're upgrading what you're currently doing. And then, and at the end with full transparency, people are going to be coming back in person. I mean, in droves, in, in masses, because they're going to want to get out of the house and return to what they're used to. And I know, I can speak from personal experience working out in my house is not nothing close to working out in my gym. It's not even close. People even with garage gyms are going to back that up. It's not, I have a garage gym and I'm actually sitting in my HQ where I have a gym, a full gym. 
Yeah. It's meant for seminars and filming studios and stuff like Good that. Good gym, probably, right? Yeah, it's great. It's got everything. He's got a full bar, dumbbell rack, barbells, bumper plates, rowers, everything you need. The thing is, including a cable column, by the way, every, the thing is, it's not just access to equipment or the gym being open. It's overall vibe right now. I have access to everything I want. I'm not training the way I was training when everything was open. It's just different. It's just different. There's something in the air that just makes it different. And well, something in the air, no pun intended, right? But when people do come back, I want to make sure that gyms are ready for this. There's a few things I think they need to know. The first thing is, while I agree people are going to come back in droves, I think that those droves are going to be a trickle in. I don't think everyone on the same day is going to be like, yeah, cool. I feel safe. Let's go back to everything we were doing before. I think there's still a, a spook level that people are going to have. Then when they do come back, the risk that gyms carry, I promise you, this will happen in gyms that are not careful, is what we call a volume spike. So imagine all of your members being members for the first day ever again, and you put them through friend. People are going to get hurt. People are going to be like, you know what? I actually felt better on quarantine than I do right now. My knees hurt, they didn't hurt before. My back pain was gone, it's back. Maybe the gym's not right for me. And gyms can protect themselves from that if they follow a very specific return to sport, quote unquote, protocol with their members. It needs to be easier than they want it to be to start, and for a while. What number is that? Is that the first one or the second one? What do you mean? So you said you had a, a couple things that you, you wanted to communicate with gym owners. Yeah. So the, the first one is that it's going to be, it's, it's not going to be like day one, all of your members come back in and work out together. The second thing is that when they do come back, you're going to need to reacclimate them to the volume, intensity, loads, frequency that they haven't touched in the last month, two months, three months, four months, however long this lasts. Yeah. The next thing is you have to hold the line on your standards for new people joining the gym. There's the propensity of this gold rush after this is over for new members, right? Because gyms were, some gyms lost some members and they want to replace them and people are going to come in. And those people are going to feel like they have the leverage. Every gym wants me now. I'm going to come in and the gym that gives me closest to what I want is where I'm going to join. Gyms have to hold the line on what their standard is for accepting new members. If they go back to just letting anybody join, then they're going to run into the same problems that they had prior and potentially even worse. Yeah. So the other side of all of those things, if you do them right, you're going to dominate. Yeah. I definitely do think there's, there's a, a routine shakeup that's already occurred. And I, I want to talk about present day in a second, but you know, in the future and, and when folks do start going back to in-person working out and in-person gyms and building, um, you know, building, I think, workouts inside of the four walls with the community around them and getting back to the norm, there is going to be so much opportunity for those gyms who are doing things right, either holding the lines on who they're allowing in. But I think even beyond that is understanding that now the folks who went to either the big box gym 
the folks who went to their apartment gym and that was enough, but their apartment gym is closed. I mean, my apartment has a nice gym. Actually, we have a, we have two rowers, we have true form. I mean, you don't normally see that in that type of setup. So I use this all the time and I, it's closed. And when that opens back up, I might realize it's not enough for me anymore. I just think every routine has really been shattered. So now new decisions are allowed to take shape. You're open to a bunch of different possibilities. So I might ask my girlfriend, like, where are you going now? Are you going to still go to Equinox? She might not want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a whole different game when those people are kind of shaken off of one tree and are back on the ground and are trying to decide where they're going to go again. Totally. I don't think immediate one-to-one, -one, I'm going back to the same place that I put a hold on or canceled. Mm -hmm. And I think gym owners need to take that with a grain of salt and avoid feeling like it's a personal thing. Yeah. You know, people, people will make decisions and people will change. And when people decide through something like this, that what you do is no longer what they want, it's not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on their values and they no longer value it. It doesn't mean you're not valuable. Yeah. Let's talk about present day a little bit. So I'm looking forward to the future. I know a lot of gyms are when folks are really coming back, but as you mentioned, and I agree with that, that sentiment that we don't have clarity on that. Uh, and we probably don't have it by a long shot yet. You talked about, uh, gyms deploying you know, added value at no extra cost to, to seemingly continue that member engagement, continue to drive that connection home, can really continue to, to, to drive more value to members. What are some of the things that you're seeing there more specifically on what folks are doing? Is it just weekly check-ins with each member? Are you writing meal plans? Are you rolling out like a, a layered nutrition program? Um, are you just giving them access to maybe weekly or monthly challenges? Um, how do you see that being leveraged? Good question, Evan. I think the answer to that depends on the unique ability of the gym and the coaches within it. So what I mean by that is let's just pretend that your gym always offered the best group environment anywhere. I believe it would be a mistake right now to move to everybody gets individual design online. You don't do that. It's not one of your core competencies. Avoid doing that. What was it that your members saw a ton of value in from your group class? And how do you provide that without the group class? So for example, what they could do is every member who wants, they get to choose a bucket that they fall into. Do you want to get an accountability text every day and a call every month? Do you want to get virtual personal training sessions from a coach? Do you want to get a nutrition plan? Do you want to be a part of these challenges? Do you want to mentor somebody else through this? Do you want to be mentored by somebody else through this? What are the things that made your gym unique before your gym had to change how it was unique? And how can you continue to do those things for people? So in one case, let me, let me backtrack. All of the gyms that we work with are providing individual program design to their clients because it's a skill set that we teach them how to do on day one. That doesn't mean it's the only way to go. Other gyms who've reached out to us who don't work with us, we have told them not to do that because it's not in the unique abilities of their coaches. But what we have told them to do is start doing things like putting your workouts into something like True Coach. And now all of your members get a check-in every day when they do it. Now you can share the whiteboard from the data that you mine out of TrueCoach. 
now you can start to make sure that members know you're still paying attention to them. It's attention. The game that members want right now is in one way or another is your attention. That's what they're paying for. They want to know that you still care about them, that you're still thinking about them, that you still have a plan for them, and that they can still, at worst, maintain their health and fitness and at best, get healthier and fitter. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of what we're seeing from our side, and the reason I, I do believe why our retention numbers are so high and I would say our revenue numbers are elevated as well and are not plummeting is strictly because some of the tools in our platform allow folks to do some of that, mm-hmm. right? So we have that performance tracking, challenges, um, delivering of content, and all we're communicating with our folks right now on. And what we're doing is we're trying to find people who most of them are viewing this as this amazing opportunity, not this amazing curse, right? This is, this is a great opportunity, I think, for a lot of gyms to grab Mindshare uh, additional members but right now, I think leveraging what you have in front of you has been this big takeaway for us where you're not trying to uproot the apple cart. Getting something either live streaming or uh, content related is going to take enough effort to do it well and to do it consistently that we'd rather you really hone all of your efforts on one or two different, excuse me, one or two different initiatives and go all in. And so what we're really, really high on is delivering content with whether it's daily or weekly um, and driving home member engagement and community because that to us is the driving force behind everything. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's a lifeblood that a lot of gyms are missing too though. And that's what is your growth strategy right now? Instead of just playing defense, what is your offense strategy? You know, a flat line gets pulled down over time. So what's the plan to grow the gym right now? There, one, a friend of mine goes to a gym, wants to continue supporting the gym, wants to keep paying the CrossFit gym that she goes to. And the, all that they've done so far is post videos asking their members to keep paying and post the daily wad. Yeah. Now, the other day, the daily wad had cleans and rowing. She's like, who has a fucking barbell and a rower in their house? I can't, she's like, I can't nobody. Right. So she's like, I can't keep paying them. This is ridiculous. They clearly don't care. So the answer to how do you grow your gym is gyms like that are going to lose members. What's your plan to acquire them? And it's not, to me at least, it's not more ads on Facebook. It's not more Instagram ads. It's doing things to get yourself local press. How can you get in the local newspaper? How can you get on the local news channels? How can you get your members to refer you new members? And those are the things that we taught our gyms to do about a month ago that are really starting to turn for them right now. So for example, I think every gym should do this. If somebody wants to buy something like a personal training session from you digitally, well, it's, it's not worth what it was worth when they're in person. It's just not. But you can't charge less because you still need to meet your margins. You still need to pay your staff. You still need to pay yourself. What you can do is provide that member with goodwill. People like goodwill. People like social causes. Companies like Bombas buy a pair of socks for everyone who buys a pair of socks when they give one to homeless people. So what we're having the gyms that we work with do is if you buy personal training 
we will donate a portion of profits to the local business of your choice that's suffering right now. The barber shop, the restaurant, the hair salon, whatever it is, we will donate a portion of the gym's profits, not the coach's profits, the gym's profits to a local business so that the coaches stay vibrant in their workload. The gym still makes some money and another local business in the town gets supported by the gym, which by all intents and purposes, the town probably believes is dead right now. Now, when the newspaper gets wind of that, shouldn't be by accident, by the way, when the local newspaper or news channel gets wind of that, they're going to cover it. And when they cover it, people are going to find out that there's a gym in their town that they never even knew existed that's still operational right now. And they're interested in how do they get in contact with that gym. And they're going to figure it out and they're going to reach out. And that gym is going to gain members. The other side of that coin is when things open back up, you think those other local businesses are not going to remember who helped them out during this time? Of course they are. Of course they are. The other thing is that if you do a good job when local publications are getting a hold of you, you can make it clear that you don't have to live locally to work with us right now. So you let them know. Our members have actually been referring their family who live on the other side of the country. It's been an interesting thing that's going on with this whole coronavirus thing. And now people who are remote can join your gym. But only do that if you're planning to keep remote clients after this is over. Does that make sense? Of course. So that is one little tactic that is working in present day that requires you as a gym to be on top of your game, to execute for the client, to be able to provide for the town, to be able to let any kind of media outlet know you're doing it. And I promise you, it works. In multiple cases, the gyms who we work with have actually signed the reporter up as clients. Really? And are they, are they in turn rolling them into like an online type setup where they're doing uh, what you were mentioning before? Or is this stuff that's are, that was occurring before you know, coronavirus hit? No, it's new members, new people joining the gym. And what I we're mean, telling like new the members in the past 30 days type stuff. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. We had a gym add four members last week. March was the best month in this gym's history. And it's a gym, by the way, that does over $40,000 a month. So it's not like there were just some, they just started, things were slow, and now all of this. No, like they've been established. Yeah. They're six years old. Now, the other thing is, um, I forget where I was going with that, but damn it. It's current day, it works, and it requires gyms being on top of their game to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's a broad um, mindset shift that I think a lot of gyms are, um, I think a lot of gyms are struggling with right now. And what we've seen as being very successful right now is instead of it's there's there's the woe is me attitude, and then there's the growth mindset, which is this is the greatest opportunity that I might ever see, and it's a very powerful thing if you really accept it and believe it. And I think there, we've had some exposure to some really, really successful gyms. I talked with a, one of our a five gym location owners. His name is Max Isaac. He runs uh, Tilt in, uh, in Massachusetts. Awesome multidiscipline gym, uh, primarily CrossFit, does, boot, does like, you know, boot camp style, does yoga. Um, and he said this great quote. He's like, I actually don't think we've ever been closer with our members than now. 
and he's like they're loving it because they're they're drilling home content they've been doing high touch they've been a very high touch point gym you know he has the he's afforded the ability to have to staff that he can call on who he can leverage some gym owners might not have that that just means like if you're running around putting in crazy amounts of hours um especially in this day and age you should know that you are in like company and that means you're hustling now being busy and hustling is is good but having that doesn't necessarily correlate directly with productivity and actually getting shit done so Mm -hmm. we're trying to drive home the idea that having this growth mindset and approaching things things from the lens that kind of you just described and and pulling down ethoses and understandings that you can then put into the business like if i'm driving for attention uh, uh and i'm going to I'm going to agree that I'm going to leverage a higher, you know, a higher touch point business and a value add to my membership without charging for it to maintain that level of attention and maintain that level of member engagement. What does that mean I should be doing? And so you accept these truths. And then once you accept them, you come up with an action plan and you had mentioned, you know, what's your plan, right? So one initiative, I'd love the idea of trying to get local news involved, bringing people in the community together to a really good uh, goodwill initiative. That's like something people should be testing next week, this week. You know what I mean? Seven days from now, let's see how far you got. Mm-hmm. You know, put an action plan together, the three things you need to do in order to possibly get news, line, uh, uh, you know, news channel coverage. Mm-hmm. Get that done. Put in effort and then let's see what happens. Another idea is when you think about attention, you think about people going out for walks and what, you know, I see more people walking their dog around the water here, the Harbor side in Boston than I ever have in my entire life. It's because people from around the neighborhood are going on long walks and they're ending up in different parts of, uh, of, you know, the area. And so I love that. And I love the concept that I'm still getting into a routine myself. I don't know about you, but I've just last week I found my morning routine again and the things that I like to do just to get ready for the day. And now I'm finding it's really difficult to escape the laptop and work during the day. And if I don't, the sun sets without me doing anything versus when I went into the office, I had kind of a set end time. I left the office in in order to get to Reebok and in Boston here to go to the gym. And I had my schedule. My schedule is not solidified yet. I'm, again, I'm still trying, my routine is uprooted. So I think a lot of people are th- thinking about how do I deliver fitness classes remotely? And they should be thinking about that. But on the other side, they, I think they should be thinking very deeply on what are creative ways that I can grab and maintain and deliver value by grabbing people's attention. And so those types of initiatives, I think, are the most interesting ways of thinking about what happens if this goes on for for three more months, mm-hmm. four more months. And, and, and I, the, the thought that I had before popped back into my mind that's relevant to what you just described. It is when you come up with an acquisition strategy, you need to be thinking about what were the barriers that you had in place prior and how do they change now? As opposed to, we'll take anybody who wants to come now. Because when you open your gym back up, remember the people who join you online might be local and might become longstanding members of your gym. You want them to come in in a certain way. Now, I know the way that you guys do things at Reebok is one way. The way that people do things at Tilt might be another. 
the way that people do things at a gym that we work with would be another. In our case, we tell the gyms we work with, you must still movement screen every single person who is interested in being a new member. And you must teach them basic skills based on how their movement screen went that they must pay you for prior to starting their gym membership. And if somebody's not willing to do that, they're still the wrong kind of person to be in your gym like they would have been prior. So just because we're in this time where we're a little bit afraid of where's the next dollar going to come from doesn't mean that you change your standards to let everybody in and to stop doing what it is that makes you different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not stopping what you're doing, um, you know, that has already made you different is, is really in the same vein as like <clears throat> doubling down on what's made you great. Yes. I mentioned that before. Right. And, and, and that's communicated. That's exactly, I think what gyms should be focused on. And because things aren't, um, an immediate validation. There's not immediate gratification with a lot of these things. It's just fast. But if you have clarity on, I'm translating my business to online, and now I'm trying to figure out a way to do fitness classes well or, or personal train well, right? I think a lot of people are in a refining stage right now where they've chosen either a provider, a, um, a medium by which to communicate, a cadence by which to communicate. And if you haven't, I would really consider how often you're going to be reaching out to who and what is that going to entail and making sure that that's in place first, because that's kind of step one here. But step two is really let's refine what we were doing in the gym, which maybe got 25, 30 members to an online class earlier this month, but maybe only the novelty has worn off and maybe there's only six. So you have to think about, it's not necessary. Is it something that we can get back to, to get 30 members, 25 members into a live class? Or is it just pivoting the way I'm delivering value? Like I said about doing walks or something like that. You could have Zoom calls that, uh, I know people who are doing Zoom calls and they're playing, they're having game nights on Friday. That's all it is, just for them to get together with friends who happen to go to the same gym together to chat, right? You could do something with dogs you could have dog walking at noon and everybody gets on their phone uh, or everyone gets on their, uh, their, their app and they're able to communicate with one another just going for their week or excuse me, their daily break to take their dog for a walk at noon. I think what you're describing, Evan, is the idea that people don't actually join gyms, especially CrossFit gyms, because they want to become extremely fit. They do it because they want to become as fit as they can be while still being social. That's right. Right, otherwise... I don't think that there's an argument to be made. An OPEX gym would get somebody fitter faster than a CrossFit gym, provided that somebody can be compliant with what the coach is writing for them. I'm not suggesting one model is better than the other. I think that one model is better for one person and the other model is better for somebody else. But if you're a CrossFit gym, you have to acknowledge that your people are social beings. They want to be around other people. Right. So what you're describing is keeping the social aspect up. Otherwise, everybody would just buy personal coaching from you. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's in the same vein as doubling down on what you're good at, right? It's saying, mm-hmm. we know the community is an element here. We know that good, luckily for us, you happen to like a lot of the people that you work out with. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it, right? So we can deliver you fitness, but we can also deliver you community. And it sounds silly that why the hell would someone pay 150 plus per month just to hang out with people? 
And I can promise you that fitness is the mechanism for bringing people together, but it is not what keeps people there. And I think anybody uh, in this in this world would probably agree with such a statement. There's there's fitness for performance, and there's really fitness for community. Yeah, if it was if it was the thing that kept people there, gyms like Barry's wouldn't be beating the pants out of CrossFit gyms, that's charging right. twice as much with three times as many members. That's exactly in the same fucking town. It's <laughs> exactly right. So I would urge folks to to do exactly what Sean's talking about, which is doubling down, understanding, and doubling down on what you're good at, and trying to think through. How can you deliver that remotely? But more importantly, keep another layer uh, or another initiative stream open where you can test ways to maintain attention and drive value that aren't just as simple as taking your classes and putting them online. Yeah, so and I wanna also, they also have permission. A lot of gym owners and coaches right now don't feel like it's okay. They feel like it's wrong for them to be doing anything that requires other people to pay them. And what I want you guys to know is most people still have their jobs. If somebody loses their job and tells you, I can't afford to pay anymore, I lost my job, it's up to you what you want to do with that client, whether you want to keep working with them through it or if you want to discontinue their membership for the time being. That's your prerogative. But allow people the opportunity to say that as opposed to assuming that that's how everybody feels. Because there are people out there right now who have the same amount of money they had before and quadruple the time. And they want to work with you. No teachers have lost their pay. Firefighters haven't lost their pay. Police haven't lost their pay. Anybody who gets a paycheck from the government is still getting their paycheck from the government. Anyone who works at a tech company likely hasn't lost their pay. Amazon just hired 100,000 more people. Not everybody is broke right now. So allow people the opportunity to tell you now is not the time, as opposed to assuming that nobody is going to tell you now is the time. Yeah, CVS just did the same thing, hired a ton of people, 100,000 people, I think. Um, what a... What are folks doing right now? I talked a little bit about the cadence uh, and reaching out to people and how often they're communicating. How are you recommending or how are some of the folks you are working with communicating with their members beyond just fitness classes? Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of into the value add um, uh, context piece again, but I'm very interested in how people are really leveraging that. Is it just emails and, and all of that? Let's assume it's a, a basic boutique fitness gym 80% class-based, but then maybe they offer personal training. They have 10, 10 or yeah, so. I, I have a gym in mind. There's a gym we work with. They're called CrossFit Broadway. They're in Denver, Colorado. And the owner's name is Jason Kelly. Jason has done a great job of going to his coaches and asking them when you have the opportunity to, what would you want to be doing with the members? Like how would you want to help them make their lives better? What would be fulfilling for you? One member is, I mean, what one coach is also a chef. She's like, I would love to run like cooking classes. That would be fun. So they're doing a daily, you know, weekly cooking class. One of the members is loves diving deep into mindset and practicing mindfulness. So he's doing a daily mindfulness reset for all of the members. Show up at this time. We're going to talk about your mindset for the day. One of the coaches, two of the coaches love 
to write individual design programming. So they're offering it to anybody in the gym who wants it as long as the gym is not allowed to be open. They rented out equipment. And if you want, you can rent out a piece of equipment and get programming designed around the piece of equipment that you rented. So all of those things are allowing them to keep their members, have members who are saying, wow, I didn't realize you could provide me with that much value. Can you sell me personal training sessions too? Yes. Can my friend join? Yes. This is, this is how you let people know you're valuable. There's a, there's a podcast called the Social Media Marketing Podcast. And I don't remember the episode number, but if you guys look back, there's an episode titled Talk Triggers. And there's a book called Talk Triggers. That's right. The host had the author on the show. And what he talked about was, what could you do that would inspire people to talk about you without asking them to? So one of the things was a hotel chain makes a freshly baked cookie for every person who checks in. And they don't run ads because people post the cookie and that serves as their ad. This is another company that you know, serves burgers and lets you spin the wheel and get something for free. There's another company, like all of these things that are just like, what would people naturally want to talk about? Do that. Allow people to talk to you, to talk about you on purpose. One of the things that I think many gyms do wrong is how how do you find your new members? Oh, we grow from within. Our members refer. Oh, how many are you going to get this month? Uh, how do you know? Uh, what are you doing to drive referrals? We give 50 bucks off. Most people don't even check their fucking credit card statement. They're not referring friends for 50 bucks. They're referring friends for social status. They want their friends to think that they helped them do something that made their life better. Afford them the opportunity to do that. Blank. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a different way to think about driving new people to you. And then you need to be prepared for when those people are like, how are you going to get people to come to you? I'll give you an example. Instead of asking your members to refer, hey, would you please send your friends? That's something that that's an ask. How could you please do this for me? That's, you're asking them for something. Stop doing that. Offer them something. If you pay them for it, then it's a service that they feel like they have to provide and they don't want to do that. They have a job. They can afford your gym membership. They're not motivated by 50 bucks a month. Once, right? But making their friends happy, they are motivated by that. So what you can do is, let your members know that, look, we've been trying to really hunker down and do a great job for you during this time. Now that we feel like we've kind of found our footing and there's some level of normalcy that's setting in and we are prepared to stick this out for the long haul and really continue to provide you guys with great value. Now we're ready to take new members. So before we let the general market know that we're accepting new members and run any ads like we would when we were open. You know, before we start doing the things that we were doing when we were open, what we're going to do is offer any of you the opportunity to refer three of your friends, three. We can't take more than three from each of you, but we're going to start with three from each of you. What we're going to do 
is reach out to all of you and collect up to three names of friends. We want you to talk to your friends before you give us their name. We want you to ask them, do you want us to text them, call them, or email them? That's going to let us know how your friend wants to be reached out to. Let your friend know we'll be reaching out within 48 hours beginning tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. If you have five friends and your wife is a member too and she only has one, she can refer two of yours, okay? We're gonna make our gym available to your friends now. We know that they could use fitness in a time like this also. Within the next 48 hours, if the average member only gives you half of one name, imagine a gym that has 100 members. They just gave you 50 leads who they talked to who said, hey, are you interested in joining my gym? Not working out for free, joining my gym. The gym owner said they're going to be calling, texting, or emailing people based on how they want to be reached out to. So I need the contact information from you. They're going to reach out in the next 48 hours. That's the conversation that happens between your member and their friends or family members. How much easier is that for you as a gym owner or you as a coach to call that person who is now expecting your fucking phone call than to cold call somebody and be like, hey, are you interested in joining the gym? No, that sucks. But hey, Evan said that you were interested in joining. I'd love to talk to you and see if it's a good fit. Is right now a good time for you to talk? No. Okay, I have six o'clock available. How's that? Oh, that's weird too. Here's my Calendly link. I'd love to see you scheduled. Let me know when you've got something on there. I'll hang out for a second. Great. Awesome. Talk to you tomorrow at four. That's how you add members on purpose. And by the way, here's a, here's a secret. That works when the gym is open too. That's right. That's absolutely right. And so present day, you know, we don't have a lot of clarity on, on what's about to happen going forward. And your strong belief right now is a lot of that stuff, you know, this type of offense can really be deployed right now, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to just waiting for things to improve or have clarity there. It has to be. It's almost like there's a, you know, there's a football game that broke out and the ref yelled something and everybody ran to their goal line to play defense and the football is sitting in the middle of the field. Someone has to run and grab it and jam it across the other team's finish line. Yeah. Finish line. End zone. End zone. Okay. <laughs> Goal line. Yeah. And I think that's right to, to some extent because I, I also believe things are rolling phases, you know, and, and I think we're in a kind of a phase where, as I mentioned, people are finding their routine again. I think people are finding the type of thing they're going to participate in on a daily and weekly basis. And soon after that, assuming this isn't a short-term issue. Uh, I think then it turns into everybody begins to go on offense. Um, so if you're ahead of that and you're, you know, in this case, maybe months ahead of that, I think you're only going to have uh, green pastures to run and you'll certainly make a ton of mistakes, but I think that's honestly the point. Well, for mistakes are so much more forgivable right now. Like yeah. who, who is expects you to do things perfectly or i would actually say we like, just ran who, who expects you to be out on offense like doing doing that type of work so, because Nobody. in a month in two months everybody will accept okay great this is my new reality for a good amount of time let's start thinking about how we can grow our gym and we're going to be mostly remote and all of that mm -hmm. that's not front frontal lobes of where people are at right now people are playing defense and for sure 
just worrying about how can I maintain to get through as opposed to build, test, try things new that I can actually start moving the needle higher. Yeah. I think that's a very important takeaway. The, the example that we've given to our coaches in our gyms is if you watch UFC, you're the guy right now who someone else is punching while you're on the ground against the fence. You have a choice. You can wait for the ref to come pull circumstances off of you and tell you that it's okay. You're safe now. Or you can start throwing punches back. That's your choice. You might get knocked out if you start throwing punches back, but it's, you gotta, you gotta, you're probably going to get the stand back up. Yeah. It's better than, it's better than covering up for sure. Or if you know who Anthony Pettis is, you could also just lean back into the cage more and use that as leverage. <laughs> you could do that. On the head. Run across the cage, all those things. That's right. Just jump right off the cage, mm -hmm. lean up against it even more and then propel yourself off of it. Well, the crazy thing about that is I think we are in a slingshot. You know, we're getting pulled back, 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 back. And eventually this thing ends, it's slingshot shoots forward. Now the question is, can you handle the ride? Right. And in that instance, is that new members coming back? Is that the new reality returning? It's, 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 it's your system. You ever watch uh, John Taffer's Bar Rescue show? Of course. Okay. Love John it's, a, it's a stress test. All of a sudden, you are back to everything. It's like, whoa, we, we're not organized yet. Like, I mean, how many gyms are, are already planning the digital dry runs of being open again? I bet none. Yeah. Well, I know some, but I bet not most. The thing that we're working on right now at Active Life is building a program for return to normalcy, normality, whatever the appropriate word is. I think is right. I did too. And someone on my staff told me it's not. Normality? Yeah. Well, I'll I want the Google. Both later. might play. Yeah, that one's that one's yeah. that one's weird. Yeah, but either way, the point the point is, you're not going to open up and have a regular day one. Are you going to be taking people's temperatures when they walk in the door? Are you going to have people wearing masks when they work out on day one? Are you going to have a different system to wipe down your barbells and your pull up rig and your rings? What like what is your plan? Do you have a plan? Are you going to maintain some level of online, uh, online exposure? 100%. Yeah. What, what are you going to do for the members who say, I'm not ready to come back yet? I'll be back in a month, but I still want to pay you yeah. for the online, sir. Are you still going to provide it? Is it still going to be the same? All of these questions, I don't think enough gym owners are considering right now. Yeah. And then it's going to be like, this is over. We're open. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there, there's something to be said too for, for understanding that sometimes slow is fast. And that is you're thoughtful and direct on the things that you are doing, you will be a much faster and effective business than trying to do everything at once uh, because it seems fast. And it goes back to what we talked about before, which is you're, you know, you're constantly busy or you're always flat out working 18 hours. There's good to that, but there's also bad because if it's misdirected, you're in trouble. And so Let's bottom line it. I mean, what are the big takeaways for what people should be doing now, Sean? My favorite term is bottom line. Just so you know, you just spoke my love language. Perfect. Great. The bottom line is, line. the bottom line is, you can't, you can't die while you're growing. So decide: Are you going to try not to die right now, or are you going to try to grow right now? And once you've made that decision, I imagine most people will be choosing the love ladder if they believe I'm correct about this, 
once you've made that decision, what's your plan to do it? And when you realize that you've made mistakes, what's your plan to pivot? And how are you going to communicate all of the actions that you have in life? When are you going to pull the trigger on all of them? The mistake a lot of people make is they have ideas and it's like, boom, idea, vomit. The bottom line is come up with your ideas. Choose the best ones. Focus on growth right now. Somebody on the team plays defense. They make sure people stay. Someone else on the team plays offense. They make sure people join. Another person on the team is making sure that those two people can communicate to make sure that when new people join, they stay. So we're getting the right new people. We're not getting the wrong new people, making it more difficult to retain the right ones. Once you have that plan, just execute on repeat. Fantastic. That's great. Listen, Sean, I mean, I appreciate you taking the time out. I think this was really valuable. We're going to chunk this up and, and share the recording inside of that Facebook group that I mentioned before. And during coronavirus, it's a gym owner's guide. It's inside of Facebook. It's a free group. You're welcome to join it. No password required. Um, where can people go to find you, Sean? They can find me personally at Dr. Sean Pestuch on Instagram. They can find our business at Active Life Professional on Instagram. Everything you're looking for after that, they can find through the account. Great. I'm Evan at Tribe, Sean Pastuch with Active Life. Listen, guys, thanks so much for listening and watching, and uh, we appreciate all y'all. Absolutely. Stay, safe, stay healthy.